Welcome to Speaking of Love, the podcast with your host, LaToya. This podcast was created as a platform for spreading love. Hello, hello. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Speaking of Love, the podcast. And my name is LaToya, and I am the host of this podcast. This podcast, Speaking of Love, was created as a platform for spreading love. My name again is LaToya, and I created this podcast in honor of my father. My father, Herman McAlpin Jr., was a radio TV broadcast engineer here in the city of Detroit. And unfortunately, my father passed away on March 2nd of 2020 he died by suicide so i created this platform to spread love i want to be an instrument of love for people i want to help people who were struggling in their lives as my father was and i am here today with a mental health care expert she's a screenwriter a published author she is a radio tv host and her name is Kimberly Bachelor Davis. I have worked alongside Kimberly for maybe the last two years, and she has just been a pleasure to work with. And I'm so happy to have her here on my platform today. And she's going to talk to us about a variety of different topics, but the main topic she's gonna to talk about today is mental health awareness. Now, Kimberly, you have written a multitude of books. You are all together, just a beautiful person. And I wanna learn more about my dear Kimberly. How did life start for you? I understand you had a, a fascination with books and you loved reading. So talk to me a little bit about Kimberly when she was a little girl. Well, good morning, Latoya, and thank you. It is a pleasure to be on your show. So to answer your question, as, well, as you can behind me, I have books. I was a kid who always had her nose in a book. I was truly a nerd. I was a geeky, awkward kid. And I love stories because stories could transmit me or, or transfer me to different places that I had never been before. I could be the hero in the story. I could be uh, the damsel in distress. I could be the princess, the queen, whatever it was. As far as my imagination could carry me, that's where I could go. And I could feel safe and happy there and, and feel as if I fit in, where in my real life, I felt very awkward in my own skin. Okay. Now, Kimberly, how did you come to write your very first book? And what is the significance behind the name of your first book, Rose and the Enchanted Seven? That's a great question. So when I was a little girl, my girlfriends and I, we would write stories on my front porch and we would play Barbie dolls and we would act out our stories. And then we'd go back and write more stories. I grew up and thought, okay, it's time to put childish things away. It's time to be an adult. In 2008, I had my first son and I had gone through 9-11, um, which is, a, I'll give the shortened version of the story. I was in downtown Detroit. And I thought the world was ending because we were right across the street from the GM Center or the Renaissance Center, which GM had just moved into. And we thought a plane was coming. And I said to God, if you get me through today, whatever I'm supposed to do, I will do. 
And later it would come to pass that I was supposed to write a story. An opportunity popped up in 2008 where someone was putting together an anthology of fairy tales around uh, green uh, renewable energy. And so I entered and won. And the Rose and the Enchanted Seven was all about a uh, adaptation of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs in Detroit with this wonderful, wonderful forest that had this renewable energy uh, storyline underneath the main storyline. Unfortunately, the anthology fell through. So in 2009, I finally decided to publish it myself and use it as a standalone story. The person who had the anthology kept saying, Kim, that's a really good story. You need to go ahead and publish it. And fear was holding me back because I felt like no one's gonna like this story. Who wants to read you know, another Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs story? And to my surprise, there are lots of little girls who love the story, who love the connection to Detroit. Wow, that's beautiful. What a beautiful story. Uh, Kimberly, you have been quoted as saying, when an idea is conceived, a book is born. Can you tell me about the inspiration behind that quote? That actually came from a good friend of mine. We were talking and he kept saying, you have all these great ideas. And he was thinking, you know, you need something catchy for yourself that you can, that you can say. And he says, one of the things that you're very good at is you come up with a lot of ideas. But when you sit down to put pen to paper, that's when the book is born. And that's how that quote came to be. Oh, that is so inspiring. You know, Kimberly, we have had some great times together. You and I, we work together on the Michael Van Tool show and we've worked side by side with each other. And I never really got the opportunity to sit down with you and to learn more about you on a more personal level. So I am truly enjoying this. And I, and I understand that you are a screenwriter. Can you talk to us about your creative writing and your screenwriting? Yes. So I am still in the stages of, I am a screenwriter. I am that. I have written actually two screenplays. I just haven't done anything with it yet. I'm getting ready to write a third one. Screenplay writing is a little bit different because either you take your screenplay and you sell it to someone, or you're trying to use it um, as a basis for your own film, or you're trying to get some type of representation so you can go work in Hollywood. That's a whole nother animal compared to trying to uh, traditionally publish a book. But screenwriting is just like writing a book except it's for the small screen or the big screen. There's a different format, but essentially you're telling stories similarly. You just don't use as much description per se as you would in a book, where in a book you could write pages and pages of description and lay out a scene where people could literally see it. But in a screenplay, you have to really keep it short and quick because you got to move from scene to scene to keep the movie going or it will become boring and stale and people will lose interest. Okay. Wow. That's awesome. Tell me about the Bachelor Davis group. I understand that you're the founder of the Bachelor Davis group. Can you tell me what that is? Yes. So the Bachelor Davis group is my own company. I am an event planner. I am a playwright. I have 
put on and produced a play. I have written six books. I do a podcast called The Kim B. Davis Show. As you said earlier, we have served together on the Michael Van Tool Show and Community Highlights with Missionary Hattie Humphrey. And I get to do shows like this, which is always exciting. And so one of the things that I wanted to do when I was doing the play, I wanted to create my own production company. And so I was able to do that where I could go ahead and do my own play and build it out. And so the goal is to take that arm of the Bachelor Davis group to the next play that will probably be here in another couple of years because I'm working on that as well. There's the event planning component where if you are looking for a professional uh, type of event, event planning, not necessarily parties, but like galas, dinners, uh, business conferences, that type of thing, then I can definitely plan that for you and give you a stellar uh, reputation, make sure that your story is told. But one of the other things that I do with the Bachelor Davis Group, I always say, this is where we take stories from the page to the stage. I am a storyteller at heart. And so I use all the avenues that God has blessed me with to be able to take people's stories from just the page to the stage where it gives it life and it gives a new introduction to other people who may not have necessarily seen it. Wow, from the page to the stage. I love it. I love it. Kimberly, you have so many wonderful accolades behind your name. You are definitely creating a, a life of love, a life of success. What is your most, what, what achievement are you most proud of in your life? Oh, goodness. Um, you know, it, when you're a working mom, you know, a lot of people will say, you know, my children are, are my pride and joy and my husband. And that definitely is my pride and joy because the greatest accomplishment that you can be is a mother and raising two children, even though it's difficult. It is. We're doing virtual school right now and it's rough. But um, outside mm -hmm. of that, I would say it's two things. One, when I published my first book, when I stood out and stood out on faith and did it. And then two, sit out on faith and did my play because I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. No idea. And I can just tell you that the hand of God has led me in every step through both of those processes to do that. Wow. That's amazing. Kimberly, let's talk about the pandemic. You know, we are going on almost nine months, 10 months of going through this pandemic. Mm -hmm. And life has been very, very difficult for so many people. Mm -hmm. And I want to know, Kimberly, you have a background in mental health. You've written books about depression. Help us, Kimberly. How do we get through this? You know, that's a great question. And I talk about that a lot on the Kim B. Davis show, because unfortunately, I don't think anyone has all the answers. The one thing I will say is this. African-American women are twice as likely to become depressed. Women are twice as likely as the general population. The median age for depression is 32 and a half years old. Most people will get depressed, will get anxious, will get sad, will feel depressed, and we hold it in. And we just say, I just gotta keep moving forward. Sometimes we have to reflect and step back and think about, is this just sadness? because mm -hmm. I'm sheltering safely at home and I miss my family or I miss doing the things that I want, or is this a little bit more? 
if it's a little bit more, we have to be proactive and seek out help. And I have to start with that first because therapy is what's been keeping me through this year because I had to call my therapist and like, look, this is rough. And yeah. she said, Kim, this is rough for everybody. And I said, how are people doing with this? And she said, everybody's doing what they need to do to help themselves. Having said that, the next thing we have to do, we have to take care of our bodies because a lot of times when we become sad, anxious, and depressed, it's because we aren't taking self-care. We aren't doing the things that we need to do. So if for you, it's sitting in a, in a big comfy chair, like I'd like to do with a nice, warm, hot cup of tea, coffee, hot cocoa, and a book, then you need to do that. I also like to walk. Yes, I walk in the snow and I know people laugh at me, but I need to have fresh air. Even if it's bitterly cold and it's 20 minutes, I still need to go ahead and walk outside. If you need to do yoga in your home, if you need to do a Zoom call with your girlfriends, with your family, with your significant other, if, if you aren't together, whatever you need to do. The other thing I started doing this year that has helped me is a gratitude journal. And one of my um, get regular guests who comes on, she was the one who talked about it. And so what I started doing, because I've never really been a journaler, like my best friend, she journals all the time. And so this year I started journaling. But what I would do in addition to that is write down whatever my concerns to God were. And then at the end of that, write down what I was thankful for. And I would feel so much better because I could say... As much as, as difficult as it is raising my children, they are at home safe. No one has COVID. They are able to learn at home. My husband is the essential worker, so he has to leave the house. But thank goodness he's been safe for these last nine months. And opportunities are still coming to me work-wise. So, you know, we are extremely blessed. And I had to take a look at what my blessings were so that I could understand and shift my mindset. Now, it's not easy. There are some days where I hold my head and I'm like, oh, it's been a rough day. But it is just that. It's just a rough day. You let it go, take a hot bath, go to bed, whatever you need to do. And the next morning, know that it is another opportunity for you to try again. Yes, I love that. Kimberly, talk to us about the book that you've written on depression. So the book that I have written is called Conquering the Darkness, The Triumph Over Depression. It is my personal story of how I overcame postpartum depression. Way back in probably 2013, when my second son was about a year old, I had just stopped breastfeeding and just became very irritable. Not that it happened at, 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 in an instant, but that was when I realized it was irritable, was angry. I felt overwhelmed. I was exhausted, you know, but these are all the things that young mothers go through. The difference was I wasn't realizing mine was something else. And my husband took a job in mental health and he went to work and he came home one day and he said, I saw you today. And I sort of gave him this cross-eyed look like, what are you talking about? I said, I've been here changing diapers, fixing meals, taking care of the kids. I haven't been anywhere. He said, no, I saw a lady that looked just like you. She couldn't deal with her kids. She was struggling. And he said she literally was on the brink of tears and just wanted to lead the kids. He said, we're going to get you some help. 
Wow. Went, went to the therapist after getting lost, almost turning back around because, you know, everything was trying to stop me. Got to the therapist, cried for 45 minutes. And he said about 15 minutes before the session ended, he said, okay, I have to talk now. And I said, okay. And I listened, ready to hear some, you know, world changing advice, uh, diagnosis, because I thought I was a horrible person because I didn't love my kids because I was just overwhelmed. He said, there's nothing wrong with you. Wow. And I looked at him and I was like, what? And in my head, I looked around the room and I saw these diplomas and I thought, he must be a liar. He is something wrong with him because he didn't hear any of the things that I just said. He said, motherhood is hard. And he said, you take care of everybody. And he said, who takes care of you? And I had to pause because there wasn't anybody to take care of. Not that my husband didn't, but my husband was working a midnight shift. And so he was just as busy as I was. Mm -hmm. And he said, what do you do for yourself? And I had to pause again. So then he said, you work out. And I went, yeah, I know I got fat, blah, blah. He said, that's not what that was for. He said, I wasn't negatively commenting on you. He said, I'm trying to get you to think about things that you can do for yourself. Then he said, do you like to read? I said, of course I do. But I have two children under the age of five, and neither one of them will let me have a book in my hand. And then he said, and then I said, I like to write. And he said, well, that's work. You can't, that, that's not fun. You got to find something fun. He mm -hmm. said, do you like to walk? And at this time, it was springtime. And I said, I do like to walk. He said, can you walk in your neighborhood? I said, yeah, I live in a nice neighborhood. He said, every day, I want you to go for a walk for 20 minutes. And so yeah. I looked at him and I thought, he didn't hear me. For 45 minutes, I just told you all the things that I have to do. And I don't have time. He said, everyone is given 24 hours in a day. Mm -hmm. He said, you managed to do all those things. He said, you can pull out 20 minutes for yourself. He said, you got to figure it out. I came home. I told my husband and my husband pushed me out the door. He said, go. And I just looked at him like, why y'all just trying to get rid of me? He was like, go. That 20 minutes turned into a three and a half, five mile walk that up until the pandemic, I was practically doing every day. And it was my time. I told everybody, I need my time. I need to go walk because it was my mental it was my mental saver. It was mm -hmm. my mental boost that will help me through whatever happened throughout the day that I could walk out that pain, that frustration, that anger and be able to come back home and be okay. Wow, that's beautiful. You know, Kimberly, I think about what you're saying, doing something just for you. As you know, I've been very vocal about my father who committed suicide on March 2nd. And it's been very, very difficult for me living life knowing that this has happened to him. But the one thing that has kept me grounded and has kept me sane is my art. Being able to pull out my paintbrush, being able to create new things, being able to just be present and alone with my paintbrush, that has been therapeutic for me. So you're right. I agree with you. You have to take time just for you, not to cook dinner for your family, not to uh, do laundry, not to do all of your domesticated duties, but to take a few minutes just to focus solely on Kimberly, focus solely on Latoya, because in taking care of me, that gives me the strength when I'm done painting to get up from my chair, to be more present for my family. So mm -hmm. self-care is very important during this pandemic. And a lot of times as women, 
we feel like we're being selfish if we take a moment for ourselves, but really that's very selfless to take care of you first so that you can be prepared to take care of your family and everyone else. Absolutely. You know, there's a saying, we like to say it, we can't pour from an empty cup. And I want to take that metaphor a little bit further. Think about it. When you get up in the morning and you have that um, nice hot cup of coffee or that nice hot cup of tea, and you pour the hot water into the contents and make whatever it is you're making and you fill it with whatever it is that you like. And when you get to the end of that cup and you drink the last drop, can you get more without having to go back to the coffee pot or the teapot? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you can't. And I, I say that because I think a lot of times that's what happens with women. And I'll use myself because I have often, and I, I'm, I am the strong friend um, with a lot of my friends and the doer in my family. So if somebody needs something, they usually call me, Kim, can you, because they know I will. And I can be tired. I could have come from the radio station. I could have just done a podcast. I could have done all kinds of things, have things to do with my family. I'm juggling it all, trying to make it happen for someone else. Mm -hmm. But I've gotten to the last sip of my cup and I'm still trying to power through with no hot water for either coffee or tea. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> wow. Kimberly, you work on the Michael Van Tool show. Can you talk to us a little bit about your position on the radio show? Thank you. Um, so on the Michael Van Tool show, I have the pleasure of being the lifestyle editor. So I get to bring creative stories to the show um, and we get to offer opinions. This week, of course, we're going to be talking about the great loss in our community. We lost Sheriff Benny Napoleon, which has been a huge loss. Yeah. And two of us were praying for him, hoping that he would um, make it. And unfortunately, he didn't. We also lost Wayne County Commissioner Jewel Ware. And it, you know, when you're on the radio, you're sort of the voice for people that are listening to you. So the topics that people want to talk about, whether it's the great loss in the community, of course, over the last few months prior to the election, we were talking about the election and we were talking about how people were feeling and entertaining uh, guests and different ideals that they would have, and then giving information that was beneficial to the community to tell people where to go get registered for your ballot, where to go vote, if you could go and vote early. Same thing that we're going to probably do when the COVID vaccine officially rolls out, we'll start sharing that type of information. But the Michael Van Tool Show, as you know, is a family. And mm -hmm. one of the things that I love about being on the show is that everybody has a role, but everybody is included and everyone is important. And we all just function really well together. So I am honored and just thankful to be a part of the show. Yes, yes. I know it, it was a total blessing for me to be on the Michael Van Tool show. I went on there one day just to clearly just to promote my artwork. That was my only intention that day was to promote my business and God had other plans. And I ended up being on the show and becoming the co-host. And it was, it's really been the highlight of my life. So the Michael Van Tool show uh, with community highlights, missionary Hattie Humphrey has been a blessing for me as much I'm sure as it has been for you. Yes. Yes. And I got to meet you. Yes, definitely. <laughs> 
Yes. So Kimberly, you also have a podcast called The Kim B. Davis Show. Can you talk to us about your podcast? Thank you. So the Kim B. Davis Show is a community conversation platform. That means we have conversations around different topics, specifically around mental health, motherhood, writing, entertainment, and politics. Mm -hmm. And this year, I have my the bulk of what I have covered on my show has been mental health, specifically with women. What we were talking about, how women are feeling the uh, incredible crush of everything from working from home, from taking care of kids, the virtual school, to the increase in cooking and cleaning and laundry <laughs> and everything else. And then if you have a husband, you're like, okay, I got to make sure my husband's okay. And so a lot of women have been struggling, as I've seen on social media, like, oh my goodness, who signed up for this? Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of it is because people aren't taking care of themselves. So I've been able to offer tips and tools and psychologists and therapists and ex- other experts to show people the different ways that they actually can do things to help themselves to better themselves. So we have a fitness expert. We have a uh, forensic organizational and um, psychological um, therapist who comes on. I've had other people who've come on. I had uh, one of your guests who thank you for introducing me to Soraya Lene Hastings. She was wonderful okay. because I got a chance to understand more about human sex trafficking. And then just a week ago, I had an interview with a lady who's doing a play today about that very topic. And so I was able to connect them. So again, it's a community uh, conversation platform where we can talk about the things that uh, a lot of women are struggling with, but also where we can make connections and help people to grow. Wonderful. Kimberly, I was also a guest on your podcast recently. And my boss, um, I won't say his name, but I have a very, my boss is a very prominent person in the city of Detroit. As you know, I work for the city of Detroit. And Mm -hmm. my boss came to me uh, with a Christmas present because we exchange gifts. And so he gave me a gift, a physical gift, which was a scarf with Mm -hmm. hats all over it. And he presented it to me. It was over a Zoom meeting. And he said, LaToya, I have a gift for you. He had it delivered to my home. And so I'm all in love with the scarf. But he told me, he said, there's a part two to your gift. And I go, it is? And he says, yes. He says, check your email. I saw you on the Kim B. Davis show talking about suicide awareness, talking about your father and how he passed away. And he said, I wanted to do something special for you in honor of your father because of the video and the podcast that I saw on the Kim B. Davis show. And so I go to my email, I look at it, and my boss made a donation to the American Association for Suicide Prevention in my Uh, honor because of the interview that he saw on your show, Kimberly. So thank you for interviewing me that day. And thank you for being on the show. And thank you for being brave enough to share your story. And I just want to go back to something because you corrected me because we talked about, we talked about your father committing suicide, but you reminded me 
that he took someone else's life with that. And yeah. that was a, a poignant moment during that interview. And I thank you for that honesty. And as I told you then, you were correct. We have to tell the whole story. So I am thankful that you were able to come on the show and do that because I am sure that that helped someone. Oh, yes, definitely. It definitely is therapeutic for me, but it's also therapeutic in helping other people. Since my, da my dad passed away, I have met so many amazing people virtually online. I get phone calls all the time. I get text messages. I get emails from people who say, thank you, Latoya, you helped me. I had one lady who was on the verge of taking her own life. And because of my influence, because of my public appearance, it changed her mind. So if I could help one person, as I sit before you, if I could help one person, then my work is not in vain. My father was a wonderful person, but he struggled with challenges, mental health challenges, as we all do. And my father did not only just kill himself, he killed his wife, someone who was very beautiful person. She loved him. So I want to help others in knowing that your depression, your mental health challenge may be telling you, kill yourself. You're unworthy. Nobody loves you. Kill your wife. Kill, kill everyone around you. you. Whatever those thoughts are in your mind, I'm here to help you so that you'll know that those thoughts are not real. They're not real. And you don't have to give in to those thoughts. Am I right, Kimberly? You absolutely are. And as I always say to people, we don't know what anyone is struggling with. We should always be kind. We should always give a hug or a smile to someone because we might be what keeps them from doing something harmful to themselves. We might be the only person that shows them love that day. Yes, yes. And I wish my dad would have been able to watch a podcast about suicide awareness or about love because there was a lot of love around my dad. But for some reason, the mental health challenges or whatever he was going through prevented him from being able to be open and receptive to the love that was around him. And sometimes depression can be that way. You can mm -hmm. be in a depressed state of mind and you have all this love around you, but the depression is blocking you from receiving that love. And can I just share with you? So when I was deep in my postpartum depression, it felt like almost like in a cartoon and not, and I'm not making light of this where there's just darkness around you. You can see the light, you try to walk near to the light, but you never get close to it. It always gets keep it keeps getting moved. You can see it, but you can't get to it because you are trapped in this darkness that just won't let you go. And you you really yes, just yeah. fight your way through that. And it's difficult. But like I said, use therapy. One of the things that we don't talk about, we have to if our bodies are a temple, and I personally believe that, we have to eat better. And I'm not chastising or chiding anybody. If you want a brownie, if you want to have a steak, if you need a martini, whatever it is, or a bag of potato chips, do what or you know what do. My dad would call it easy Jesus. E yeah, Jesus. that's right. <laughs> do what you need to do. But think about it. When we eat well, like when we eat, try to eat healthy, when we exercise and we exercise our minds because we have to exercise our bodies with physical activity, but then we have to exercise our minds with positive thoughts, making sure we shift that mindset. So one of the things that I also do now, when I have a negative thought, I'll say, oh God, I'm sorry. Take that thought from me mm -hmm. and I'll try and, and, and shift it. And I'll say, that's a bad thought. I'm not giving into that. That's not true. 
and let it go. And if it persists, then I pray about it and I'll journal about it. I'll write it down. And then again, write down the things that I'm blessed with that counteract that so that I don't go back to that because it's very easy to do that. Yes. Yes. Kimberly, this show here is all about love and all of my guests who appear before me on this show, I asked the million dollar question. And that is how do you define love? On speaking of love, the podcast. Oh, for me, love is being around the people that you love and feeling comfortable, not having to put on airs, not having to fake it, not having to, you know, achieve or be a certain thing. People just love you because they love you. That is love for me. Wow, that's beautiful. And I love asking that question. I think that's my favorite part of this show is asking the question because everyone's definition of love is different and they're all there's no right or wrong answer, but it always gives me a different perspective on how to view and how to look at love. Yes, absolutely. Because you are our love ambassador. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Yes, I love spreading love. That is my, I think that's why I was born to make other people happy. And in doing so, I bring happiness to myself. So absolutely, absolutely. Kimberly, you are a screenwriter, a published author, a radio broadcast person. You're a mom, you're a wife, you are successful. How do you define success? <sighs> Success is being able to walk in your purpose every day and being able to impact someone positively, helping them grow or helping them change. And I'll, I'll tell you, I'll give you a really quick example. So on my podcast is available on Apple, uh, Google, Spotify, and Stitcher. And it's also on YouTube. And I got an alert that I got a comment from a young lady who I'd never met who just said to me, thank you for your show. Your show is so in interesting and very helpful. And I was like, wow, I don't even know who this person is. But evidently, as you said, people are watching the show. I mean, we know that people are watching the show, but sometimes when you don't see it in the ways that um, the, the world would say, like if it was on television, you have 20.5 million viewers, but still I'm impacting people. And I hear that from people across social media all the time. So I am grateful and thankful. And that is success for me. Yes. Yes. The Bible says, do not despise small beginnings. So Amen. that one comment that you got is eventually going to lead up to one morning, you're going to wake up and have 20,000 comments of some people. So you Amen. are doing the good job. You're doing good work. Kimberly, when the pages of your life are reviewed and your mission on earth here has been complete, what, what legacy are you leaving behind? What do you want to most be remembered for? I want to be remembered for always being able um, to reach out and give to other people. I want to be remembered as a person who truly loved. And I want my children to take the lessons that I've given them and give them to their own children and have their children pass them on. I want positive legacies where people grow up and do great things, not just for money, but for the good of society. Yes, yes. I, you know, Kimberly, I worked in schools for many years and I would always teach my, my students, never choose a career path just for money. Mm -hmm. Never work a job 
just for the aspect of money because sometimes what you gain from an experience is worth more money than a man could ever pay you. And when I worked in the school, I did not make a lot of money, but I was rich. I, I had so much wealth inside of me because I, I had the opportunity to wake up every morning and touch the lives of countless beautiful children every single day. And to me, that was worth millions, billions. So never choose a career path just for the money aspect. Absolutely. I totally agree with you because we have a lot of people and we know this as adults, you meet people, they're lawyers, they're doctors, they have these wonderful titles and they will tell you, this is not what I wanted to do. It's mm -hmm. just what I ended up doing. And you look at them and you're like, well, what do you want to do? And they might tell you, I want to create art or I want to be a photographer. Or, I want to be a podcast host or you know, I want to do community work. And it's sad when people aren't able to do the things that God has placed on them on their heart. Yes. Or they're living the lives that others want them to live. For example, children, mm -hmm. a lot of times as parents, we can impose our beliefs on our children. You know, I want you to be a, a doctor. I want you to be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. I was listening to a podcast the other day where this young man, his family came from a, a family of prominent people. The mm -hmm. mom was a nurse. The doctor, the father was a doctor. The grandfather had been like a big city council person. And mm -hmm. they wanted this young man to follow in those footsteps. And he went to college and he was pursuing a career in law, but mm -hmm. then he ended up getting a job through his college where he had to plant flowers. He became a gardener and he just fell in love with the experience and he wanted to drop his, his uh, degree and stop going to school and study to be a gardener. And his whole family was just so disappointed in him. And he said, I don't want to live the life that you all want for me. I want to be a gardener. That's mm -hmm. what brings out the best in me. I love playing in the dirt and planting flowers. So in life, we have to do what we feel is going to feed our soul, not what our parents want, our husbands, our cousins. We have to do what feeds us. Am I right, Kimberly? You are absolutely right. You hit the nail on the head. And I hope that young man followed um, what he truly desired to do and put his foot down because later his family will see that the success of who he wants to be will come and right. they will be proud of him. They just can't see it right now. And you know, Kimberly, sometimes we come across our passions by what I would call happy accident. You know, here yeah. he was in college. He just wants to make money so he can have food and new clothes mm -hmm. and this job. And it turns out to be a lifelong passion yeah. that he had inside of him. And he had a gift at it. He was good at it. And here's what's funny about it. What his family is not thinking about all over this country. What do we have? We have urban gardens everywhere. And mm -hmm. so I don't know what the, the world, I like to garden in my backyard and in, in my front yard with my flowers and, and my veggies in the back. But I know people that design you know, gardens that are architects, but I'm sure they need experts for people to come in and teach communities how to have these urban gardens, because as the world changes, climate control and all of that, we're going to have to come up with some creative ways how to grow things in our own backyard, not literally, but in our community to help feed people. So he's probably ahead of the curve that, you know, unfortunately his family's not seeing that. Yes. 
Definitely, Kimberly. You know, it has been a pleasure speaking with you today. I'm so happy that you have been here. You are an amazing woman. You have so many wonderful things going in your life, and I'm so happy for you. I bow to your excellence. Tell us, tell my audience how they can reach out to you. So you guys can reach out to me at KimBDavis.com. That's K-I-M, capital B as in bachelor, Davis, D-A-V-I-S. I'm going to type it in the comments here. Okay. KimBDavis.com. You can find the Kim B. Davis show on YouTube, which is youtube.com forward slash Kimberly Bachelor Davis. You can um, find everything on my books, the Bachelor Davis group on my website. If you would like to contact me, you can reach me at Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y at Kimberly bachelor davis all one word.com kimberly what's next for you i know you mentioned earlier that you may have a few things in the making what can we expect from you next well i'm working on two books and i'm hoping that um i'm going to get some representation for one particular book and i'm working on another one that may um garner some interest i'm hoping on that i'm working on a film script so there's another screenwriting opportunity that I'm looking forward to. And then I'm excited about 2021 in terms of the Kim B. Davis show, because we literally are growing and I have people reaching out to me wanting to be on the show. So it's exciting. Um, wow, that's beautiful. Kimberly Bachelor Davis, thank you so much for being here. We have a few of our audience members who have chimed in. We have a good friend of mine from down south. Her name is Jerry Cates Thompson. She says, good morning. I have a lot of ideas uh, from our conversation today. She's thinking of a poem book and mm -hmm. she wants to write about her purpose in life. So we've inspired her to do that today. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you so much. We also have Tony Landis. She, uh, I, I can't make out what she wrote, but it looks like she's enjoying our conversation today. We have Asnita Norman. She said that this is an awesome show. She's enjoying it. And we have my faithful viewer here, Shane Respis. He said, amen. 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 <laughs> So thank you all for our audience members who have chimed in today. If any of you have missed any part of this recording, you can always go back and take a look at it here on Facebook. We are also available on podcast. My podcast is available on Google, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, anywhere you prefer to listen to podcasts. You can find Speaking of Love there. And I'm also on YouTube. So tune in next week. I will be back with another episode of Speaking of Love, Saturday, 12 o'clock noon, Eastern Standard Time. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you. And I bow to you. Thank you so much for having me on, on your show. It was truly a pleasure. Thank you so much, Kimberly. Have a great day. Bye-bye.